0: You could write the stand if you really try. <laughs> everyone, ha- that—that's my favorite fiction writing saying—is that everyone in deep inside them has the stand in them. There, it's there's just a, waiting to come out. It's like a Mr. Holland's Opus thing. They uh, at the first day of some like master's level writing class on some New England Ivy League institution. They're like, I'm here to tell you that every. <laughs> Young heart in this room has the stand <laughs> waiting inside you. That's right. That's right. By the end of this class, all of you will have written the stand. <laughs> That's amazing. Like our own versions of it? No. No, no. Just that. Just the one that exists already. The stand. Yeah, you, you, can we copy from the stand? No. It's inside you. It's not in some book. You were born with enough. (laughs) Why'd you make us buy 40 copies of The Stand? (laughs) Uh, And then the the teacher turns around and it's uh, Stephen King. Right. And he's like, I don't like to talk about my process. Write The Stand. products. I'm very tired, and welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name, this week, happens to be Henry. And, uh, my name, to change it up a little bit, is John. And together, we're Henry and John, and we're coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of the zeitgeist. And that's about as much as I prepared for this week, so goodbye! (laughs) Well, Henry's gone. Um... I also didn't uh, prepare much. As everyone knows, uh, time is a, uh infinite. And, ooh, it sounds like Henry might be back. Oh, no, I'm not back. Sorry. I'm just going to drink a beer in the background of your podcast. I hope that's okay. Oh, what kind of beer is it? Mm. Oh, I'm so delighted you asked, mid-swig. This is, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this beer, John. I don't know if I've ever brought it up on the podcast before. I don't think I have. It's called 512 512- pecan porter it's a really porter. it's a robust porter really of- it's a robust porter get out of town <laughs> please let me do my professional line in the professional manner in which i'm supposed to do it it is a robust porter brewed with organic texas pecans and uh john i believe a little easter egg for the fans. that's the first time i've ever read that aloud on the podcast I, I've i never heard it before. I personally am drinking another uh, local favorite, an H-E-B sparkling water. Oh, non-alcoholic. I forgot to buy beer. Well, I bought beer and then I had a socially, very socially distanced hangout over the weekend and I drank all of it. I mean, that that seems fine. That seems like a reasonable socially distanced reason consume your beer Uh, it was very strange to have a socially distanced hangout of that size because as you're aware you you've been over to our house not to like awaken the internet shame police yeah i know you're out there looking to shame us we uh so yeah it was it was me and my wife and you and your girlfriend uh but that was it that was the four of us in your very spacious backyard and this past weekend it was a total of eight just two under the state limit i see just uh just two under the state limit and one person stopped by shortly so we were one under the state limit for a short amount of time uh but everyone was very spaced out six plus feet uh and after the party was over uh to give you a little bit of insight into my uh brain as related to coronavirus my throat felt a little scratchy oh and- fuck going to sleep i thought oh no i caught the coronavirus at this party cuz this yeah. is the most social i've been and yeah. it's it's onset of symptoms was immediate right uh, and like I'm, like you read about and i am going to die of coronavirus right, uh, and then right. i barely slept uh was very worried kept like swallowing and having the same scratchy feeling but this is it i'm getting sick i either i gave coronavirus to all these people it's over and then i woke up and i felt fine and i thought is it likely that i had the coronavirus or is it likely that during the course of one day all i had to eat was 10 beers and a whopper and at a party I smoked like eight cigarettes and was yelling at people for five hours. Whoa, you smoke? Uh, just CBD cigarettes, you know. Oh, I don't know what that means. Uh, it's a So It's a cannaboid. That's it's a cannabidibidol. Cannabidibidol. Um But so no nicotine. No nicotine. No tobacco even. No tobacco even. So it's just CBD oil or a leaf, some type of byproduct? Yeah, so they can they can breed the marijuana plant so that oh, please, it has Please don't please it's a cannabidoid. Yeah, it's a, they can breed the cannabitibitoid uh in such a way that its its leaves have very trace amounts of THC like 0.3%, not enough to really register as as getting you any kind of high, but its CBD content is actually relatively high. So you can actually have a smokable product that does not have THC in it. That is very interesting. I did not know that was a thing. And you you say you have eight of them. Uh, Yes, I had eight of them over the course of the day. Just because, okay, it's not a smart reason to smoke cigarettes. Right. But I bought a pack of, let me tell a CBD story. We're bringing back a classic zero credits bit, John's CBD Corner. I have no comments. Oh, I was just waiting for the for the music sting. And oh, <laughs> you're going to be waiting a while, bub. In uh, in in John CBD Corner, we talk about my various adventures with CBD. It's like an Anthony Bourdain kind of thing. Uh, when I went to the CBD store near my house, because I was going, uh, this was another. Uh, I guess I'm not very safe. Uh, I went to go ride bikes with people in a socially distant manner outdoors. Of course. And I social engagements make me very nervous and smoking CBD helps me with nervousness. So I was going to uh, buy like a CBD pre-roll, like a joint, and then uh, smoke it either beforehand or during uh, just to make myself less nervous and more able to enjoy the event. And from talking to the CBD person behind the counter, uh, they informed me that I could get way more of the same CBD for my money if I bought it in the form factor of a cigarette. Well, that just sounds like good advice to me. It it was good advice. I got way more product for less money. And I asked her, you know, why if uh, a CBD pre-roll is $10 for one of them and you get like, 1 like 1.5 grams or whatever but you can get a pack of 20 cigarettes which each have 0.75 grams which is way more why you can get a pack of those for 12 dollars and she said that people just don't like the form factor of smoking a cigarette it makes you feel dirty if you smoke it in public it looks like you're just smoking in public which i guess is an aesthetic that people don't like uh, and and she said just demand for it is really low so they have to sell it essentially at a loss uh, so, and I was like the perceptions of society ridiculous so I bought some right right but you you really don't want this to get out no I well here's <laughs> if, if people know that they can buy CBD cigarettes basically you know cheaper than the, the 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 pre-roll then you're gonna be out of the deal well here's where the story gets a little more interesting I went home with, uh, well, I went on the bike ride and I didn't have, <laughs> I'll, I'll walk you through it kind of step by step. I was in my car at the Triangle in Austin waiting for people to come by on their bikes. And I thought, well, I'm in my car and it's going to be about 15 minutes till they show up. I'll just smoke one of my CBD cigarettes now. Uh, so I'm a little less on edge. And I smoked a cigarette and the act of smoking a cigarette in my car with the windows rolled up made me feel like total trash. Right. I felt like the dregs of society smoking a cigarette in a closed car. And I like locked eyes with people and they saw me furiously smoking a cigarette in a sealed automobile. Uh, and I felt horrible. In each one of them... uh Because, I I don't know if you know this, CBD gives you slight telepathy. So you knew that each one of them saw you and thought, what a garbage person. Yeah, they thought, what is that garbage person doing smoking a cigarette in his car? I'm going to kill him the first chance that I get. Right, if I ever see this man, this smoking man again, I myself, uh, Penelope Von Reginald, we'll we'll kill this man and i vow this before my god shiva and the day continued and we went on a bike ride and on our ride back to our cars i thought oh it's it's a fun sunday or saturday saturday you can't remember because of the eight cbd cigarettes Uh, Yes, it was a Saturday. I thought, well, we're on a bike ride back. I'll smoke one on the bike ride back because it's not particularly strenuous. And let me tell you, the looks people give you when you're smoking what looks like a cigarette, but you're riding around on a bike is one of uh, very acute confusion. Right, because you're doing an ostensibly healthy thing while smoking something that literally kills people. Yeah, it's uh you are you're living on the edge of the of the coin and I had half of that left over. I walked into my house smoking it because I've I've smoked CBD and other things in the house. It's not a smell that really permeates your belongings. Uh and the act of smoking what looked like a cigarette indoors had a had a tremendous mental toll on me. I don't know from what you're describing it doesn't sound like it's worth it, John i I then the reason I smoked eight in a day was I felt so bad about these things and how they made me feel just as just for how they looked that I then tried to smoke as many as I could to get through the pack quickly throughout the day right and so I, I essentially. Uh smoked in do- smoked a cigarette indoors, smoked a cigarette in my car, and then chain smoked the rest of the day. Oh uh, man. So this is a cautionary tale to our listeners. They're priced that low for a reason. Uh they explained that to me, and I thought I am immune to society's aesthetic expectations for how I smoke my arguably medicinal plants. I am above it. Turns out, I am not at all above it. This, I, I, this is what this is what they were warning us about in those songs, John. Oh, the McGruff songs. The McGruff songs. You know, it's weird. We we did that feature like two weeks ago, and they randomly pop in my head. <laughs> They're surprisingly catchy. Surprisingly catchy. The only thing is because I didn't listen to... I only listened to them, you know, live on air. And then in the editing bay. And those were the only two times I listened to them. So I remembered like, the melody and overall mood and feeling of the song. But it's always a game of, like... Now, where the fuck is that from? Oh, right. The over... The fully grown adult man in a dog costume singing... Yes, I. What is this classic? Ah, oh, this earworm. What is this? What is this pop hit from my youth? Is it? Is it ABBA? Is it Savage Garden? Or is it a man dog telling me not to do crack? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's amazing. It's like, and, and once I realize, oh right, it's the crack dog. <laughs> it's just like instantly, I don't care anymore. Oh, I can put that here. Sorry, I just located something in the puzzle. Oh, I can't believe this is uh, once this goes live, your wife will be distraught. I mean, she's going to see this progress and be like, who did this? And then listen to the episode because she's a listener. She's a a fan. And then it'll click in the place and she'll be like, oh, right. The joy of completing this puzzle on my own was robbed from me live on air. For those of you who don't know, for the folks at home. Because uh, I might have said this before we were rolling, but uh, my my wife put a, uh, she's mm. doing, Jamie is doing <laughs> a puzzle in this room, in our hobby room slash guest room, and uh, she's using the the table that I, I put the mic on, the mic stand on, for that service, and she she asked if she should move, it. and I was like, no, 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 it's fine, I can just put the mic over the puzzle, but a weird side effect is I'm now doing the puzzle for her. (laughs) I do want to be perfectly clear and let you know that that is your one and only wife check warning. I didn't realize it was something I needed to be warned against. This is, every time you initiate a wife check, you grow less esteemed in the eyes of the listeners. I don't, do they want that? I feel like she might be busy with a meeting. She, she might be in a meeting right now. Well, if we mention her again, I guess we'll see. Right. So connecting back to the story you were telling before the story you were telling, um, you know, you, you had that social event and thought in a day you caught COVID and were exhibiting symptoms I don't. I, I don't know if we ever talked about it on the podcast. I think we did. I just my memory is so bad these days. Um, but I went to a wedding a couple of weeks back, and it was full of people—the most people I've seen pretty much all year. Uh, I, I wouldn't be able to put a number on it, but it was just way more people than you know. Recently, I've been comfortable seeing, mm-hmm. and for the week after that. Every day I would wake up and just go like, all right, am I sick? Like I would feel my head and I would like feel, I don't know why, but like the lymph nodes in my throat, (laughs) just like looking for signs of sickness Mm -hmm. and it, 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 it didn't happen. Like I didn't ever feel sick, but then I learned some news. Weirdly enough, I learned news from home. And I, I I tweeted it out to people, and people reached out, and I really thanked them for that. But uh, both of my parents got COVID, mm-hmm. and after talking to them on the phone, John, on the phone, I like hung up and immediately felt like I had I had a fever. <laughs> <laughs> I I it really is. I'm not a hypochondriac. I typically don't think I'm sick when I am sick uh but something about maybe it's just the fear we live with every day but it has inspired in me essentially the exact same symptoms you've described which is i will feel the lymph nodes in my throat i will like breathe through my nostrils to see if like they feel hot like i have sinus inflammation i'll like swallow repeatedly to see if my throat is scratchy i'll take like deep breaths sometimes And I never realized before how often we just incidentally need to cough or clear our throats or sneeze. Right, right, right. yeah. Like every time I sneeze, it it feels like I'm playing Russian roulette. Like, oh, is this the COVID sneeze or the COVID cough? (laughs) A a funny thing I've run into, and, and, you know, this is bad behavior that I will immediately own. Um, cause it's kind of like one of those, like judge me by my intentions, but I'll judge you by your actions kind of thing. If anyone around me, around me coughs, I'm like, do you have COVID? But whenever I cough in public, I'm like, oh, it's fine. I'm just clearing my throat. And it's just like, well, everyone else is just clearing their throat too. That's literally what coughing <laughs> is. I remember I went grocery shopping weeks and weeks ago. And I had my mask on because I'm a good little boy. I listened to the lamestream media. Um, Oh, I love the lamestream media. They're my favorite media. But uh, I I was shopping in my mask and I felt the uh, immediate desire to cough. You know, just one of those things where your throat goes, "Uh uh-oh, alert. Right. Uh, Uh, Here's a tickle. (laughs) It's like, here's a tickle. You need to do a sharp cough right now. And I... (laughs) I don't even know if I can mimic the noise that I made. But for some reason in my brain, I thought, oh, it would be better if I looked like I'm sneezing so people don't judge me. Right, because sneezing's not a symptom. Yeah, or I don't know. Something about my brain was like, yeah, sneeze, don't cough. So I, I coughed, but I tried to make it sound like a sneeze. So I was behind someone near like the tofu or something because of the dumb way I eat. Uh, but I was behind someone. and I went, ha ha <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And it really scared her. <laughs> I wonder why. Like, I, I was like, well, when people sneeze while well, they do, they go, ha chew. So I tried to go, ha <laughs> uh-huh. through through my cough. But I, the first noise I made was I went, ha, and then I coughed. <laughs> I could, so it was like, ha-ha! Ah! It was pretty that's good amazing. that's pretty great that, really that, really scared her <laughs> really probably scared her more than if i just coughed right like i you know a part of me absolutely does not want all of the popular media that i consume to ever even touch on covid like i just want to ste- i want every writer and showrunner out there to like steer clear of it But at the same time, like, there are these funny little instances that are, you know, if we don't cover COVID in some capacity, are just going to get lost. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: I don't think it's worth it. (laughs) I don't even know if they're worth saving, you know. It's just a, a shared moment we're all going through. That doesn't mean it's worth anything. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what use the, like, I think i said this before. I don't know what use of the COVID episode of, like, Modern Family or whatever is. Right, right. Like, even outside of, like, a charity sort of event, like, the the Parks and Rec COVID episode was. But you can only do that, like, once. <laughs> it, it, we're heading into an interesting uh, fall season for television, for sure. Oh, yeah. I I forget if you were the person I was having this conversation with, but one thing that we don't really tend to realize as a society is things aren't being shot now. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've seen uh, an article or two, maybe even three, that's that's predicting we're going to see a lot more animation uh, themed and, and aimed at adults in the upcoming uh you know, fall season and such, just because we can animate right now and we can record, you know, VO, but you can't act in the same space, at least not in America. In New Zealand, you can go all day if you can get the permits. We're going to end up with a lot more Lord of the Rings movies, a lot more shires. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be the shire, you know, um, like an office parody, but like, hastily recorded in like the week they could get in new zealand i don't know that i wouldn't watch that yeah i don't know it's gonna be interesting interesting television it's gonna be interesting television one thing that i think we're starting to see a little bit of and i might be wrong but so we've been watching a lot of stuff on netflix as everyone has in this time umbrella Uh, academy no umbrella academy. Amazingly, uh, oh, all right. Allison is watching it, but I haven't. I haven't seen the first season. It's okay. Um, yeah, Gerard Way's cool. cool. Um, but yeah, the he sings. something that I welcome to the Black Parade. I'm Gerard Way. I'm pretty sure that's the name of Beyonce's new album. Oh, Blackest Parade. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe it's a single off that album. I don't no know name. Beyonce. No name has a lot to say about her. Um, But what I was going to say is uh, we've, we've ingested a lot of stuff on Netflix and we need certain like light shows, particularly uh, shows that Allison starts watching and three things that we've watched actually make me think that they are emblematic or endemic of what television is going to look like for a second. And the three things are Indian matchmaking oh okay uh love on the spectrum right and the documentary super Cubers. what is super cu- oh the rubik's cube solvers yeah rubik's cube competition people right right so you're thinking it's going to be a lot of reality based television well it's actually in the structure and particularly the ending of these three series because all three of them uh came out were were shot before covid obviously but were produced uh, and edited and put together during covid and indian matchmaking well they all kind of in this way but both indian matchmaking and love on the spectrum both follow these people's stories for I don't know, 10 or 12 episodes or something like that, and then just completely end. And they clearly had additional footage that they used to to pad out the ending, but there's no like ending for all these uh, people. They kind of edit it to be around an important event in one of their lives, and that moves on to a, and this person continues to search for love, or this person dated whatever. And I think what it is, is these shows were either being shot when COVID really started popping off and they just had to stop shooting them, or these were shows that did not have enough footage or enough traction to initially be sold as standalone television shows. Uh, And now, since we don't have a ton of like live camera shows... People are saying yes to these things, even though they don't have like convincing endings. And Supercubers is a documentary that really doesn't have any ending at all. And it's sweet and it's good, but it's only 44 minutes long. Oh, wow. And I think that these are just kind of projects that wouldn't otherwise have come to fruition that are just kind of being put out there because they don't have a lot going on as far as new content goes. And I think we might actually start seeing that more and more. And eventually, like you said, going into the fall and winter offerings for both uh, network television and and streaming services, they're going to be a lot more animated and shorter we're just seeing the initial wave of of the content uh, drought i have a prediction and uh, i it, it, it's we're we're going to know when it's really bad when one or more of the networks announces a show or a program called like pilot season and it's like come see all of the pilots we passed on <laughs> uh, the, and you get to vote Yeah, and you get the vote, and then maybe after COVID, the one with the most votes gets picked up for a season or something. I can so see that happening. Yeah, I mean, they've got it in their their archives. Like, they've got the footage. A lot of them have, like, stars attached. And Mm. it didn't get picked up for one reason or another. So it's like, instead of creating new content, we'll just use the content we have... It's gonna go nowhere, but each week we can show a different pilot, and that means we can hype up different stars, get different buzz going. It's not a continuating story with the same stars. It's like, well, this week we got Jean Mulaney's pilot for the Mulaney show, and then next week we've got a pilot with Paget Brewster and Rod Cordry. You know, it's like all these all these people who have actually gotten bigger since they filmed their pilots. I, look look. I could be a TV executive. <laughs> you you really could be. This is this is a pretty solid idea. I mean, all, all you got to there's no one to pay. You, you got it just get it from whoever and, and just just show it. And then eventually when they uh when they really run out when when we're deep in year 3 of COVID. <laughs> oh god, please no. Uh, when we're deep in year three, they will show the shows that got canceled after one season and you vote to revive them. Right, right. Fox is like, who wants to revive Firefly? And it's like, <laughs> well, it's the year 2023 of COVID. It's, it's, uh. <laughs> the, it's the 2000th year of COVID. Right. Well, it, it it's going to be, you know, BC and then AC before COVID and after COVID. I I do wonder, this is something that I've been mulling over a little bit, and actually, my brain works in a bad way, and I do research on things for bad reasons, uh, and, and we'll explain the kind of research I've been doing, uh, and I messaged you about it a little. But I think that there is currently a, an art form of content creation that is probably the only like visual slash auditory medium for creating regular content for a large viewer base that's happening right now that is not suffering because of COVID and probably thriving a lot. And that's streaming. Right. And I've been watching a lot of Twitch streams and trying to understand it because there is some part of me that feels like once COVID is over, that the art form of the live stream both video game and otherwise is going to have such a a foothold in the content market that it will be hard to take it away from it because it's so i mean twitch is posting like record numbers of new viewers across the board and a record numbers of new streamers across the board cuz people are bored so and out of the job and out of a job so what is streaming going to be mainstream now? <laughs> mainstream. Um, the, the funny thing, like you, you bring this up and just the other week it was announced that uh, one of the biggest streamers, for whatever reason, his name is Ninja. He was on Mixer and then Mixer folded so he got out of his contract. But Hollywood is looking at to make a movie with him. Oh boy. <laughs> and, and so it's kind of like, okay, so... He got big as a streamer, and now he's marketable in the mainstream through Hollywood. But what if that's not the right step? What if the right step is what you're suggesting, where it's like, instead of taking streamers to Hollywood, what if we just embrace streaming more? (laughs) Yeah, and and, you know, the, the eventual, like the dark world version of that is that streaming becomes hyper corporate, I guess more corporate than it already is. I, as someone who never enjoyed watching uh, streaming before, so I, I never enjoyed watching uh, long-form streams of anything, video games or otherwise uh, before in my life. But now I, I'm trying to like learn the the lingo and the background. And a lot of it's pretty gross. <laughs> I don't I don't care for a lot of it. Oh, uh, really. really? It is pretty, like, gross and and corporate, but... Yeah, I, I mean, when people started making lots and lots of money off this, and, like, Amazon bought Twitch and stuff like that, it got really, really corporate, probably too fast to the point where it's like, we've got these terms and services, and we've got these community guidelines, but, like, one of the streamers that we really... that makes a lot of money for us by doing questionable things technically violated our terms of service what are we gonna do and then nothing happened and the community calls them out but it's like well they make money for us we can't cut off our own our own mouths Yeah, it's, it's the it's the youtube problem you can have people like steven crowder who put videos on youtube that literally just call people epithets uh, but there are videos that get millions and millions and millions of views, so YouTube just doesn't do anything about it and will change their interpretation of their terms of service to allow those videos to continue to exist. It seems like Twitch has the, the same problem. I didn't realize, and I'm sure like everything else on the internet, that uh, the, the actual money that the average person makes on something like Twitch is minuscule, beyond minuscule. Yeah, no, you really have to be, you have to pull unbelievable numbers on a consistent basis to actually make money. Because I I was watching a stream for the better part of, you know, five or six hours uh, for someone you and I both follow, uh, Bruce Green from Funhouse. Right. I like Bruce. And he was running like a, so feel free to correct me if any of my terminology on on twitch stuff is incorrect it's called a train he was running a train on uh a, 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 a sexy model he yes uh that's don't the talk joke about I'm... autumn like that I wasn't gonna bring her in I was our fans what our fans wouldn't know who autumn is you're right uh but the I was watching and it, he it was running like a a sub he was trying to get subs. I've learned what those are. Uh, he was trying to get subs for a charity, and X number of subs that he got all the money was going to a charity of his choosing. And I was watching this over the course of, you know, five or six hours, and he racked up like 3,000 subscriptions or subs during that time. And from my research, those subscriptions are five dollars a piece and the streamers get about two dollars and 49 cents of that right so he made like seven thousand dollars in six hours that's not a lot of money that is a lot of money oh Uh, you said minuscule earlier Oh no! The great majority of people on Twitch probably make negative money. I can't imagine yeah. that they that they make anything. It's like the YouTube thing. YouTube, unless you're right. very lucky, uh, attractive, have a lot of money, or all three, uh, it really won't earn you any money for any reason. Yeah. Uh, but so, the people who the- are making money are making a lot of money. Right. Yeah. It's if you already have a following. You can do well on Twitch. If you're trying to build a following on Twitch, it's kind of hard to nearly impossible unless, like, unless you get rated by a popular streamer or like somebody takes notice and promotes you. It's kind of like this weird gatekeeping kind of thing where the those who are successful have the power to make other people successful, and they just don't. <laughs> I. I wonder about it, about how it works as a market a lot, because I do feel like it's something that's going to be a bigger and bigger part of media. So it's nice that it's democratized, but I feel like much like show business, it is and has to be a full-time job to get the most out of it. Absolutely, I, yeah. I, I was looking at these guides for like how to build like a modest following on twitch and like i was reading these things and a lot of people have followed these guidelines and they've gotten like a a few thousand like a couple thousand regular viewers over a course of a month or whatever but it requires a commitment of up to and more than eight hours a day sometimes often seven days a week yeah no yeah it's the same starting a twitch stream or or any sort of stream it doesn't matter what platform it's like starting your own business and that you're going to put in a lot of hours more hours than you would put in at a, a traditional job and for a long time for way less money but a lot of that is is best practices in the industry and also through twitch if you're going through their program you have to hit like a consistent amount of like viewers and followers and a schedule and all of this just to make affiliate and at the affiliate level you can get a sub button and i think you can get bits but you're you're getting a a lesser percentage of all of that stuff um than if you were a partner and partner when you make partner level is basically like you know you've made it as a streamer Cause now you get a larger share, you get like more sub options and you get a larger chunk of the, the money from bits and stuff. But now you're basically an employee of Twitch and that if you don't make money, you're going to lose your status. And if you lose your status, you lose your revenue. And so it becomes like this vicious cycle of like, well, I got to stream to make money. But I can never, like, go out and use the money or do or take a vacation or anything without taking a hit in my viewership and risking my entire livelihood. Yeah, I mean, there aren't a lot of jobs where you can work seven to eight hours a day, seven days a week for years and then lose everything because you took, like, a four-day vacation. Yeah, it's insane. Or get banned. For some you know random violation of the tos and from my understanding if you're a twitch partner you actually can't stream on any other service right yes there's an exclusivity deal i learned this because of um somebody who we both mutually follow uh, alana pierce she does not she she streams on like basically every platform and so she doesn't have she doesn't have a subscription button on Twitch because you have to sign like an exclusivity deal with them,
1: mm-hmm. and she
0: likes to have her options open, so she's on like YouTube and all these other things. Um, but yeah, yeah, if you stream if you get partnership on Twitch, you cannot stream on any other platform it's It's such an interesting market for content to me and i'm I'm endlessly fascinated by it and, and the and crazy- I, I often think especially in quarantine like yeah i streaming sounds like fun and i'd like to do it and you and i have, have uh st- st- strummed <laughs> a few yeah. times of uh, wildly unpopular games for very short periods of time with yeah uh, with no consistency and no even though we let our our following know like eh, what if they're busy and they can't tune in it's like whoops We really only streamed for that one night. (laughs) Yeah, we stream for one night once a year. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, But the the thing that really gets me is there are streamers, and they play one game, John. And they're really good Fortnite. (laughs) Well, no, no, it doesn't matter what game it is. They just play. They pick one game, be it Fortnite or Overwatch or COD or you know any of these battle royales and that's what they play and they they do that every day for long hours playing that same game and so they're really good at that one game but isn't there a point <laughs> of playing the same gay game day in and day out for the, your viewers who are making the same jokes in the comments and the chats going so fast You're barely interacting with anybody. Like, I would feel like the burnout's got to be real, real bad. I would imagine the psychic toll it takes on you would be pretty immense. And, and, uh, like, they're incentivized to keep playing that game. Because as soon as they switch off, they lose, like, a ton of viewers. And less viewers means less potential for subs and and donations and bits or whatever. Um, so it, it it's a real hard transition for them to go from like, yeah, I'm a WoW streamer, but I'm sick of WoW, and the next expansion is not coming out for a couple of months. So in the meantime, I'm going to switch to like a, being a variety streamer, and then all of their WoW fans just disappear. And it's like, but I want to just play golf with your friends with a bunch of people from chat, and nobody cares. So I guess there goes my revenue for this time period. Yeah, there goes all my money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're and uh, I mean they're probably like paying like independent contractor rates on the money they get anyway, so they're losing like a third of it. Right, right. But any purchases they make, like computer upgrades and stuff, they can write off on their taxes. Well, that's nice. I'm looking to get water cooled, so I guess <laughs> I'll be a partner. A lot of uh, what what's crazy to me, like, uh, so I followed one streamer pretty much throughout his, his meteoric rise to uh, self-independence, self-reliance. Uh, his name's Moon Moon. And uh, he started streaming just on his dad's computer in, like, the family room of his home. Mm-hmm. And he did that just pretty much every day. And now he lives in his own house with a Tesla. And, like, Uh, he's made it it's crazy but the thing is like he has a money guy who like handles all of his money and like does his taxes and stuff so and what he claims is like i don't pay nearly what you think i pay in taxes it's like oh okay (laughs) if i know there were changes to it so I guess as long as you're not classifying as a hobby, if you could make the case that you do it for your full-time job, there's almost a limitless number of things. Like a lot of uh, YouTube influencers, for example, will buy like expensive cars, but since the YouTube channel is their primary revenue source, the purchase of that vehicle, since it's being used for business purposes... It can be written off, it can have like accelerated depreciation. Accountants can get pretty freaky with that stuff. Yeah. But what he explained is like I get a he gets a paycheck from Twitch. And okay. the amount and the and the amount of his subscribers. So he's like, I take that paycheck, claim I'm a you know, an employee of Twitch, basically, and then that's my income that is then taxed. He's like, oh, so the only thing you're really getting like independent contractor on is like the donations and things that come in not through twitch but like go through paypal or something like that that would make sense yeah and he's probably got like a merch store maybe i don't know i don't know if he's got merch i don't know i haven't followed him lately just because my schedule i really followed him a lot when i was unemployed and then my schedule (laughs) changed yeah My schedule changed and now and his schedule changed and now he only streams like late at night. And I'm like, okay, we no longer are compatible. Well, uh, do you want to join me in working for eight hours a day, seven days a week for the next three years in the hope that we can eventually afford a Tesla? I mean, yeah. I would love to dedicate that time. The only thing is like, say goodbye to your social life in anything outside of twitch like your life becomes your chat your your life becomes the the underage kids that are talking to you in your chat and just know they're dumb <laughs> yeah your your life becomes a bunch of 12 year olds who are backseat gaming and telling you that you're sad and the thing is like if you don't interact with chat there's no reason for them to tune in so you, you have to talk to chat it's not optional It's just so scary. It's such a scary, such a scary sounding career. It's insane. Yeah. I, when I got really into watching streams, I like saw myself being able to do it just with the improv background and my love of video games. But then I've never been one to ever really make connections online with people. Mm-hmm. And that's like a hundred percent the job is to make people feel like your friend even though they're watching from a distance. Eww. It's it's hard. Well, are you looking forward to the new streaming service on HBO Max? Bugs Wait, is... Bunny plays Fortnite or whatever. <laughs> Funny fu- Fortnite Funnies Bug Bugs Edition. Yeah, for funny, for funny Fortnite. You joke about Fortnite, but did you know, a lot of people, there's a misconception going around, John. Uh, a lot of people view Fortnite as like a video game, uh, like a battle royale where a hundred people enter and only one person wins. Um, but they're all wrong. Oh. Did you know? Yeah, uh, say oh again, cleanly. Oh. Did you know John that Fortnite is actually the premiere and premium version of cinema? Oh, what? Fortnite struck a deal with WB Warner Brothers Media not only to show to they were get, they premiered the trailer for Tenet live on their servers on in the game Fortnite. But in addition to that, they're also going to be showing, like, Inception and a bunch of other Chris Nolan films. The height of cinema, John. So, do people... Let me try to picture this. Do people just stand around with their their dumbass little cartoon avatars? And right. do they stand in a field and watch Tenet? On screen? Yeah, there's a screen in the game. And uh, people run and jump around with their pickaxes and their their Fortnite dances. While Chris Nolan's cinema, his masterworks, are are played in like... Shitty resolution. (laughs) It's the height of... It's how Chris Nolan envisioned his work... Being experienced, not in a theater. That's so old, and how dare you No, know, in the game Fortnite. I have two thoughts. Uh the first one is: is it possible to get kind of a curated Fortnite Alamo Drafthouse experience <laughs> where, where all of the avatars sit placidly in place, <laughs> unmoving, while you watch Tenet on a TV. While I cannot stress this enough, you yourself are looking at a TV. Right, right. No, ju- this just in, uh, coming from Epic Software. They're announcing an exclusive deal with um, theater chain Alamo Drafthouse. For Alamo Drafthouse f- servers, where <laughs> you have to physically... You have to physically move your character into a seat... And then you cannot use voice chat, you cannot move, your character sits there, and from your character's point of view, you look at a screen, and so it's you watching a screen through your character's eyes, watching a screen. This server is now a quiet zone. Uh, does uh, Is there a Fortnite character dressed all in black that Crouch runs up to your character and asks you if you want to order any food or drinks? Exclusively on the Alamo server. They, yeah. they, they, they will run up and ask, does your avatar want a drink or it's some food? Yeah, it is uh, 13 real life dollars if you want a milkshake. Right. Uh, My second thought of the two thoughts I had is uh, it's a frightening time for me. And what I mean by that is I see that society is going into a future hand in hand with Fortnite. And I'm afraid because I know that that is not a future that I can follow society into. I have tried maybe a dozen or so times to understand, to get into, to in any way enjoy the Fortnite thing. And it just has not happened for me. And I'm someone who kind of prides myself on not being too precious for any form of art, but it's just dumb and I hate how dumb it is and it really annoys me. To see everyone doing this dumb thing and putting on dumb marshmallow concerts in dumb Fortnite, playing dumb Christopher Nolan movies. So your little guy who, who stands in like three quarters profile with his shoulders all cocked gets to sit there and fucking watch The Dark Knight Rises. It is just viscerally irritating to me. I see this question asked a lot on internet forums and and sites, Um, but it's a question that is repeated time and time again. When is the first time you felt old? And for me, the answer is kind of a story in that, you know, We've been doing this podcast for a while, like four years. And so during that time, I've kept my ear to the ground of the internet and culture and, and, you know, really just watched things rise and fall when it comes to being introduced and then quickly discarded or embraced. And so when Fortnite came around... It was at sort of the beginning of this battle royale phase that the world sort of went through or is still going through where you had Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, and that was the first one, and it was revolutionary and it was good. And then you had Fortnite, which came a little bit after, was more cartoonish and was more arcade style compared to the realistic shooter version of, of, of PUBG. And so I thought, okay, it's it's for you know a younger crowd, less skilled, more flashy colors, skewing younger, and it's great, and it's still in a genre that I don't care about. So this is gonna pass, like every other thing passed, like like H one Z one passed, and all the all Rust passed, all these other like survival online games passed, and so I put it out of my mind. The first time I felt old was when Epic Game Store launched and was competitive on the gaming market because Epic created Fortnite and they made so much money off of that game that they could compete directly with Valve and Steam, who were bastions of the gaming community, have been around forever and now Epic is buying exclusive rights to games for their store from the Fortnite revenue they had. That's when the first time I felt old was. I. Fortnite's rise missed me completely. Because when Fortnite was first coming out, it was like kind of a cartoony thing. But if you remember, Fortnite was not initially a Battle Royale game, Fortnite was initially more in the like. There was this game called DayZ where right. you just tried to survive against zombies uh, with a certain amount of like ammunition it was an arma mod and then it kind of morphed into this subgenre that was very popular amongst like young children uh, which turned into your like 7 days to die and states of decay like these video games about surviving against zombies by building things Hence the name Fort. Knight. Yeah, you were supposed to build a fort against zombies, and it was supposed to be fun and colorful. And I saw it, and I was like, "Well, this looks dumb," and surely I won't play it. And similarly, at at some point, I was like, "Oh, I guess Fortnite's like a battle royale, like PUBG, w- whatever." Right. Um, and- PUBG came out of Arma, came out of the the H one Z one kind of craze. Yeah, uh, PUBG very much came out of that craze. And I played Unknown's Battlegrounds or, or PUBG. And I liked it. And I watched videos about it. And I really enjoyed that kind of moment in culture for that video game. And then Fortnite happened. And people started to move towards that. And that's where it really kind of lost me. And I think often to a 90s, early 2000s sitcom, I think it was Dharma and Greg. <laughs> and they were talking. I was watching this when I was maybe 11 or 12. And they were talking to an older character who was about to be a grandfather, and they were talking about his relative ability to use technology, or they were talking about, like, oh, grandpas can't be cool. And he was kind of an older guy, and he says, well, I'm I'm cool, like, I know how the TiVo works. And that wasn't played for a laugh, he was just saying, like, very sincerely, I'm cool, I keep up with technology, I know what a TiVo is and how it works, remember TiVo. Uh, and I remember thinking at that time when I was eleven or twelve, I will never be uncool. I will always make <laughs> I will always make a specific and concentrated effort to keep up with technology. I'll always know how the TiVo works. right. And Fortnite is the first one of those in my life where I'm like, I just couldn't follow it or get right. into it because its objectives are so disparate from my own. Yeah, yeah. It it, it kind of puts in per- perspective a little bit, like, it's, for some, some of the older generation, it's not that they don't get it, it's that they don't want to. <laughs> yeah, it's not that they don't get it, they don't like it. Right, right. Like, you know, when everyone was popping Tide Pods or doing the Cinnamon Challenge and it was revealed to us slowly that Gen Z is more of a death cult than we could ever hope to be. You know, I could empathize with them and even like root for them a little bit, but it kind of highlighted a difference between us that they were actually doing the things I was feeling and I could never do those things because of the the, the way I was brought up. Like, and so, like, our values are just misaligned. It, it's it's the it's crazy thing about people who are born in different times. I, I guess now that both you and I are indiscernible from being 30. Uh, I turned 30 there, in uh, 25 days. There are things that we're just going to have to be like, yeah, these are made for different people. And I yeah. won't. I won't necessarily understand it, but it also wasn't meant for me to understand. Exactly. Like, I think the more that I experience in this, this cultural zeitgeist that we claim to explore and for the sake of understanding for other people, I think the more I experience in that that sort of realm, the more the idea of not everyone has to like everything and everyone should be able to like the things they like like the more that message comes across to me and that's sort of the realm that I try to approach things that I just don't understand like Fortnite and and stuff like that it's like it's not for me and I you know it's not for me to even try to understand really it's for the people who like and they can like it and that's fine i'm not going to comment on it cuz it's it's not my place to comment on it and that is a place of uh it's a place of perspective i wish i could come from because i will often think yes uh fortnite is not meant for me and it exists separate of me and it there should be a period but then i go comma also it's dumb Yeah, I mean, and there's also the thing where, like, we can totally say it's dumb while not trying to disparage the people who like it from liking it. It's dumb from the perspective of us, who are ostensibly 30, and coming at it from uh, the angle of, I don't understand it, nor do I wish to. (laughs) Yeah, also we enjoy a lot of dumb stuff, too. Hell yeah. I mean, my whole brand and humor and and whole personality is based on me thinking that dumb is funny. I love it. That's what I live for. You can ask, and I'm going to say the words, but you can ask Jamie. She's not here. She texted me a while ago that she ran to the store, so there can't be a check. I'm sorry. Damn it. Um, But yeah, you could ask her. I love playing up dumb and being dumb I, I i if i was a comedian i would be a dumb comedian so maybe i should give these Fortnite teens a break just give them a pass you know and um you know until they come for something sacred to us <laughs> like the dark knight rises <laughs> yeah yeah can you can you imagine all the uh the cine bros the people who are like oh christopher nolan can do no wrong I didn't understand Inception. I've seen it a billion times and I love it. I love the point of it is it's so deep. You can't understand. It's Chris Nolan. He's the, he's the, the best filmmaker ever. Can you imagine their thoughts learning that his films are being shown in Fortnite? Oh boy. If they could like patch into whatever voice chat is happening in Fortnite. Yeah. During, uh, oh, it'd be you so just don't good. understand. Memento's good. The memento's good. Primer's good. Primer was not Chris Nolan. (laughs) You're right. I was just thinking of confusing movies. Yeah. I thought Primer made sense. I thought it was like held up as the one time travel movie that makes sense. No, I I like Primer. I've only seen it the one time and I don't think I understood it. Oh, well, let me tell you how much better it is (laughs) the second time. (laughs) I don't know why it is. In video games, everyone's just angry. But like... In cinema there's just a large disparity of people who want to explain films to other people which to me defeats the entire purpose of cinema. I uh I don't know why I feel like explaining video games I I've been playing this video game Noita a lot. You've you've mentioned it at least twice to me and I don't know what it is it's tremendously good uh do you remember that period of time a quick digression do you remember that period of time on the internet where there were all those falling sand games on the browsers oh is noita the the roguelike but it's based on sand particles yeah it's it's a roguelike where every single pixel has a unique simulation running on it for like hardness density like right its properties its weight. Yeah, no. so to answer your question, yes, I absolutely remember those sand particle sandboxes, for lack of a better term, and I loved playing with them. And Noita is the, it, it takes that sort of physics and makes it into an action uh, roguelike game. Yeah, it's like Spelunky. <laughs> the Venn diagram of people who listen to this and people who understand this is probably pretty thin, but it's yeah. like Spelunky plus... A falling sand game. Okay, it's really cool. Let me. Okay, let me. Let me. Let explain. me explain this game to you. I was trying to. This is perfect. Uh, a perfect explanation of the phenomenon. I was trying to explain this video game to my girlfriend, and it felt so laborious, and I felt right. so ashamed by having to explain it. Whereas if I, I don't know, if 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 I were to explain like a book to someone, I would not feel the shame, but things have different like densities and hardnesses and like a combination of that can make something brittle so you could shoot a rock wall and it doesn't do anything but if you shoot like a stalactite it'll like crack realistically and fall and stab enemies and when enemies are dead you can hold down the down button and eat and you can eat their bones and their blood and their meat it's great that sounds pretty cool and if you eat all their bones and their blood and their meat, you get covered in blood so you don't catch on fire as quickly. That's pretty cool, too. You better not jump into a giant vat of whiskey, though, because then you'll catch on fire and also be drunk. Right, right. It's really good. I highly recommend Noita. Cool. Uh, it's also completely random and unfair, but I really recommend Well, Noita. yeah, it's a, it's a roguelike. That's what they're known for being. Sometimes just a big old worm will eat you yeah that's then the breaks you know uh worms fall everyone dies rocks fall everyone dies uh correct right oh i had things to talk about That but... <laughs> yeah we're we're pretty much at the end of the episode let me tell you uh let me give you a maybe i'll bring this up in the next episode I was going to uh, go through the QAnon conspiracy with oh you. Oh my god! Were <laughs> you really? I was going to I was going to walk through the QAnon the deep state mapping project where someone who is uh, in QAnon uh, made oh a a giant map. This is <laughs> someone who truly believes in QAnon. Made a giant, easy to understand map of the various parts of QAnon. So maybe what I'll leave that section with, and maybe I'll bring it up in a future episode, is just instructions on how to read the Q web map, uh, if you wouldn't mind indulging me. I guess I'll indulge you, but also just what the hell? Uh, Here's how you would read the Q web map, and it's pretty simple and straightforward. I think anyone over the age of five could probably get it, Uh, but sections one and two at the top of the web are devoted to ancient and pre 20th century history, the main timeline down the center. Three is divided into two categories technology slash spirituality on the left and war slash violence on the right each term on the web is designed as a keyword granting access to further investigative material online the arrows indicate a unique connection of interest between the two keywords at each end point many topics relate to the closest adjacent topics without an arrow many connections that could be made or not drawn on the map for the purpose of maintaining legibility of the text uh, the key of the Q web shown here is divided into nine colorized sections which correspond to the topic shown in the legend at the bottom of the diagram the great awakening is upon us is that it that's how you read the the q web map let me just send you a i'm just gonna send you a link to the google doc of it and uh you tell me what you think and i want to get your reaction on air oh you want my live reaction all right This is is your live reaction to the Google Drive link to the map of the Q web. All right, pulling up the message. Sometimes it's a little slow. All right. Um, I was terrified that I'd sent that to someone who wasn't you for a second. All right, reporting you to the local authorities. What the f? (laughs) What the hell? Yep. Oh my god, this is this is some Pepe Silva shit. It's uh it's very Pepe Silva. There is a there's a piece of red within the Vatican that says Swiss pharaohs. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I see that. I see the Swiss pharaohs. Also, wait. Okay, so on the top left, John, it says start and the, the the immediate thing under that is atlantis yes so you, to understand anything you must start at atlantis but you must also understand adam's calendar the nephilim the sons of belial and marduk
1: Because Atlantis
0: had crystal technology and emerald tablets. Now, if a search to Atlantis brings you to Plato uh, and the Allegory of the Cave and the Oracle of Delphi, that's fine. But if you continue from Atlantis to the Great Flood, the Sumerians, the Yankee, Lil Baalbek, Cuneiform, 3000 BC, Tower of Babel, Nimrod, Verdic Age, Hindu, Vimana, Canaanite, Sodom and Gomorrah, Ancient Nuke Wars, then uh, that's just the way the game's played. Isn't QAnon all based on just, like, one poster posting, like, just random phrases that people interpret in thousands of different ways? I have always wanted to be able to say this, Henry, but you have no idea how deep QAnon goes. Alright, well maybe we'll save more QAnon for next week, because looking at this image is making just me hate everything yeah it awakens my anxiety to to even look at the map by the way that's one of three different maps of course it is of course there's there's different ways to interpret it just in case one of the maps could be refuted at least you have two backups that's the old QAnon way
1: If something the...
0: is disproved they just they pivot to some other vague innocuous bullshit in order to prove whatever the fuck they're talking about Q can't be wrong. The pedophiles are the holograms. Okay. Oh, Uh, don't worry. Q believes that uh, there are a bunch of pedophiles in Hollywood and Washington who have been killed or arrested, and the reason why they're still around is they are holograms. Is that... You sent me something the other day. It was either you sent me this, or a fever dream spirit visited me... A la Charles Dickens, uh, you know, Christmas Carol. But was, I think you sent me like a picture of the, the the people who have been executed. Oh, yes. And it turns Those out everyone, all everyone, executed, and everyone, 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 <laughs> every major political figure in the past 20 years has, has already been executed. So you're telling me they're now holograms? Yes, they are holograms. Now, I won't deny the fact that there, you know, there are pedophiles in Hollywood and in politics. Um, I just don't know what else I would connect to that other than powerful people have some deviant, deviant, stupid, illegal tastes. I mean, you know, there are certain truths we all, you know, know to be self-evident, like Wayfair sells cabinets that have uh, illegal child brides inside them for $30,000, and the marketing coordinator for wayfair is named uh Rachel Chandler and the reason her last name is chandler is because it means child handler why the fuck <laughs> you have no idea oh you know how people you know in the old days when, kern, k- kern? when corn would have ergot on it and it would make people insane. There's gotta be, like, ergot in steakums or whatever these people are eating. Yeah, it's in the water. It's in their water. Yeah, it's in. It's in. Uh. You know what? I think there's just ergot and Chick Fil A. That's what it is. Oh, all the people, all of the horrible people who 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 support that restaurant. I mean, who who could, in good conscience, support that restaurant? No one. I I used to be able to, but then i I read something very recently that, despite all they say, they're still supporting the organizations that are funding horrible horrible things across the world so now i no longer incapable of supporting it especially when popeyes has a very delicious chicken sandwich yeah they never stopped even for a second and they did it even worse yeah it's bad well it's bad. now that we've is talked it, is about it as bad as is it as bad as q uh, who's to say oh is chick-fil-a as bad as QAnon? i don't Wait, know where's... one petals chicken sandwiches and the other petals the truth where where's, where is is Chick-fil-A on this map? Chick-fil-A is not implicated. Don't you dare imply that Chick-fil-A You're is... Telling in the, in You're telling me! You're telling conspiracy. You're telling me... Hold on, let me read this map for a second. You're telling me... You're telling me... Man, there's a lot of political stuff on this one. Why is Hurricane Katrina on this map? Oh, you uh Weather you really, Warfare? You really should what? Re- Star Wars? Oh, uh Operation Popeye Popeye's implicated! Popeye's implicated. You're telling me QAnon thinks Hurricane Katrina was a weather warfare operation? That's really offensive on so many levels. Oh, they're certain of it. Oh my God, I was just looking for something innocuous here. Why is Cicada three thousand three hundred one on here? Look, don't start looking it up. Well, I know what Cicada is. It, it's that that weird puzzle, internet puzzle thing that they were they were recruiting for the uh, for the uh, CIA or something. This is, I'd love to tell you the story about the, the Deep State Mapping Project creator, but that would have to wait for another time. The Skull and Bones Club is on here. That's interesting. Look. There's a hotel in Houston that uh, caters to their kind. Dig deeper is all I got to say. Uh, I was looking for something innocuous to uh, the point to and say like, this is here, but Chick-fil-A isn't. I mean, Atlantis is there, but Chick-fil-A isn't. The fact that they have all of Scientology here as one bullet point when Scientology has done so much fucked up shit in in their entire history. I don't know. I, I mean, if it makes this, you feel better, is, they also is... have a... They also have a healing web, which shows you how to heal certain conditions, such as autism, which leads to detox, which leads to keto diet. Uh, this, this, this map has physically hurt me. I want a you keto to know. diet leads to dance and exercise, so you can cure autism with the keto diet, dance, and exercise. That's also highly offensive. Yeah, really is. And yet, Chick Fil A is not on here. Hmm, interesting. Well, you've broken me, John. Congratulations, welcome to QAnon. If uh, you were wondering what I was going, what I prepared to talk about tonight, um, I don't think it pales in comparison to anything anymore, but, uh, uh, did you know, John, that Ellen DeGeneres is a meanie? Oh, boy. <laughs> That was it. That was the whole plot. I had I had tons of sources. I had a t- I had like a list of celebrities we can no longer like support because they're supporting Ellen DeGeneres. DeGeneres when it, when it, it, it's like one of those known secrets that she's a bad person. Like, but uh, I I I don't care anymore. I don't care. You've broken me. Well, much like everything that we know. All pales in comparison to the truth that is QAnon. Yeah, I mean there are some real there are some real shockers in here. Celebrities we could no longer follow or love, but the world will never know now. The only thing that matters is COVID five G, the novel bio AI weapon. All right, I'm laying down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you have nuts to stop. God. There was a time I I okay, here's a story John. A quick story. Then we'll then we'll get out. There was a time when I didn't follow QAnon, but I did I tried to rationalize what was said to what they were saying was happening. So I would read the QAnon posts and and like they would always be tied to some event, like a photo op or like an interview or something and like the signs were always like inter like what what Donald Trump said behind the mic that leads to this to that just to see like how these people thought and none of it ever actually added up but somebody sat down and plotted out all of these buzzword terms in relation to their weird their weird categories of things that mean stuff to them It's insane. These maps are going to go down in history as the only visual representation of a certain kind of mental illness. Yeah, for sure. It's insane. Sorry, I got really into reading this COVID 5G map. Anyway, I think we should probably end the episode before we give more time to QAnon conspiracy theorists. Right. You want to tell the people how they can reach us? That's right. You can reach us by sending us a tweet, much like Hero in Chief. I can't do this anymore. Uh, You can send us, I can't do a lot of things anymore. You can send us a tweet at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. I don't fucking know dude. I'm I'm reading how as above so below is somehow tied to a 911 memorial false flag operation. I thought as above so below was a horror movie. That's right. And if you want to send us an email, you can do so on email. Did we decide on was the way? Two. Two almost had it right, uh, email at zerocredits.net. You can send us your, uh, truth about how Judy Mikovitz plague of corruption, epic times, plandemic dissident. Oh, these are just the names of nut jobs. I don't want to say that. PEPFAR. Uh, and we are also, I can't look at this anymore. My brain is rotting. Um, Uh, God, what else are we on? We are on Spotify. Search for zero credit, open parentheses, S. Close parentheses on Spotify.com. You will find us there. We are on Apple Podcasts. Search for zero credits in the Apple Podcasts and uh, leave us a like. I'm genuinely disturbed the longer I look at this map. Uh, So please What do the white spaces mean? Everything's color-coded, but there's just a bunch of white spaces that mean nothing? Don't do as as we have done. We dug too deep in forbidden knowledge. Uh, most importantly, though, word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. Uh, so tell your novel bio AI weapon, and they'll tell your 5G cell tower uh, Tucker Carlson, and we'll be there. There's a start in the top left, but there's no end. That's right, Henry. There is no end. It doesn't end in any- you. What am I... Su- what is it leading me to? Don't say the truth, goddammit. It's not leading you to the truth. It's leading you to uh, the resurrection of Robert Kennedy and the execution of the holograms. <laughs> Fucking ley lines is on here. You're... you're... Info Wars Alex Jones is on here. I can't stop looking at So, from everyone here at the zero credits... What the um, fuck? What is Endgame in quotes? Is that the Marvel movie? Five bedroom, uh, 5G, five... John uh, Bonet Ramsey is on here? Five bathrooms. the pizza Pizzagate? Studio of Truth. We want to wish you... Uh... A happy week. Why the fuck did you show me this, John? Goodbye. About, I mean, who who really cares about Ellen DeGeneres?